so many people, they're trying to figure it out, right? They're trying to be the best they can be, not realizing that they already got all the tools that they need to be the best that they already are. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the EdUp Esports podcast, where we discuss esports news, events, content, and of course, feature those streamers, educators, coaches, and key people that are making a difference in the industry today. As always, my name is Jerry Sanchez, and you can find the podcast on all platforms. And if you want to look for me specifically, you can find me on all social media channels as Esports Jerry in Miami. I'll be your podcast guy for today. And enough about that. I want to introduce our guest, very close person, a friend of mine, Hip Hop Gamer. And you can find him across all social media channels as Hip Hop Gamer. So tell us a little bit about everything, brother. Hip Hop Gamer, no stranger to danger. Number one journalist, quickly I changed the game up. Jerry Sanchez in the building and up. Let's get it on, son. How you feeling today, bro? Man, I'm feeling hype. I'm feeling hype, man. After that, come on, who's not gonna feel hype after that? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, first off, man, I'm doing great. Um, as always, man. Um, it's just a lot of work, you know, just a lot of work and a lot of fun. Um, that I'm uh doing right now. Um, I have a lot of things uh moving at the same time. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. Uh, for one, um, just doing my show, uh, hip hop gamer show, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, I just had my man Pete Bush uh on the show, and we was talking about you know Unreal Engine. Uh, meta humans and what it's like creating games during this COVID era. So that right there was epic. So um, shout out to Pete Bush and the Facewear family over there. So that's been really great. Um, working on something really, really major that I can't wait for the world to see that I can't speak about right now, but it's going to be very impactful. So I'm excited about that and doing a lot of gaming and guidance uh, uh, with my team um, over at Craft Keepers Inc., where we uh, do a lot to impact the community, utilizing gaming to bring people together. So it's just been very, cool. very exciting uh, doing all of these things, dog. So I'm having a ball, man. Always, son. Man, uh, solid, solid. You know, I, I like the story, but I want to bring it a little back, take a step back. And I want you to tell our, our audience a little bit about what is Hip Hop Gamer, where you come from, what you've done, and what you're doing now to impact the industry, man. Oh, man. Okay, cool. So the first thing is I'm from East New York, Brooklyn. Uh, my grandmom's, rest in peace, she's the one who taught me how to play video games when I was four years old. So I've been playing video games all my life. And my grandmother, uh, oh, yeah. you know, she taught me. Yeah, yeah. My grandmom's is real, son. <laughs> like, my grandmom's favorite Let's character go. was Laura Croft. Yeah, that, that was her favorite Yo. character, Laura Croft. And, um, you know, she had it all. You know, she played all the games. She really taught me because she was a hardcore gamer herself. So, like, it, it, so I grew up like that. And she taught me about life through video games as well. So between God, video games <laughs> and stuff like that, it just, you know, my grandma's love, man, um, it really shaped my character to who I eventually became today. So I'm thankful and blessed for that. And then um, some of the things that I'm doing in the community to truly impact it is uh, allowing my life to be a teachable moment and a teachable lesson to encourage others to follow their dreams the way they want to do them, not the way others feel they should go. So uh, it's one of those situations where my whole goal is to help people eliminate their fears so they can unlock their greatness. And that's a lot of what, what I do with the gaming and guidance program. So, for example, um, one of the things that we do in the gaming and guidance program, we got this uh, area called Checkpoint. So with Checkpoint, we actually would go visit 
you know, someone's house, speak with them, speak with their family, get them started in gaming and have real life conversations about what's going on. And I, one of these I did on Channel 12 News out in the Bronx. Shout out to my boy, uh, Matthew um, and his dad, Kenny. Uh, he, uh, you know, he lost his right hand to muscular dystrophy. So we was able to give him the Xbox adapter controller, some Logitech headsets and get him back to playing games again. Nice. Uh, and that literally you know, change his whole life all over again, just to be able to do what he loves so much again, given his situation. So it's things like that, that I do to impact the community, but also I'm a business consultant too. You know what I'm saying? So even on the back end, I work with a lot of different companies to help them remain authentic as they grow, as they learn the space more so they could do it the right way. And then recently I did a video talking about, um, uh, why top gaming journalists can't be black because, uh, you never see them in um yeah. like such as myself and other that. people that is, yeah. oh you saw that right all right cool so you know yeah, even yeah. just <laughs> bringing light even shedding light to certain things that's you know overlooked uh on purpose but now a lot of people try to benefit from it ever since george floyd died and mm-hmm. just other things that played a role in it so just try to um enlighten educate but also share the importance of having fun and also share the importance of character being your currency because who you are is the value and the more people that see who you are as being the value then they can walk into any room any meeting you know and really be confident about what they bring to the table man it makes me feel so humbled down to hear someone that talks about community and talks about growing up not just with gaming but with someone in their family teaching them man actual life skills because Man, in, in all the universities I've been to, whether it's consulting, whether it's just having a conversation, and all these administrators that I'm talking at, and I'm talking to, and I tell them, man, you're just looking at it the wrong way. Um, you know, of course, uh, a, a child's, a, the environment a child is going to impact them. And if you think that esports and online gaming is not an actual environment in and of itself, you're wrong. So I like that you come and you're saying that, you know, you, you grew up different and you, you learn actual life skills, not just from playing in that community, because there's a whole different community in gaming and, and people don't really, you know, people that don't play traditionally based Americans that, you know, you just stand there, kind of go to school. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do to get a job. They don't understand that a child can have a huge impact. I mean, both positive and negative, but I, I strongly say there's a more positive uh, feeling to playing gaming than there is negative, man. Maybe you could tell us a, a little yeah. bit about what you feel just about gaming, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so the thing is, uh, before I dive deep into that, um, you know, you could take a knife and you could use it to cut up some good food to serve your family, or you could take a knife and stab somebody with it. So at the end of the day, you know, what you do with something, what is what determines the outcome and the results of it. So if you're a positive person, you could take something and make something positive out of it. And if you're a negative person, you're going to take something and make negative and make something negative out of it. So when people talk about games that have no clue of, you know, the importance of games or the impact or the impact of games, they're going to just associate it with something negative because of something that they heard or hearsay or things of that nature. So my thing is, if you don't have the proper experience or the proper context to understand what's going on, then your opinions aren't valid to speak on the situation. So that's the way I operate when it comes from that standpoint. This is my lifestyle, so I can speak to it at the highest level. So I just want to make that clear. It don't matter what it is, whether it's games or anything else. If your energy and your motives are positive, you could create positivity out of anything that you work with or utilize. And if you are a negative person, you're always going to find a negative in things. And that's what you, that's what's going to be your outcome, period. So a lot of this is based off the person. So I just wanted to set that tone first before I go deeper into the other question uh, that you had in terms of my take 
on gaming overall? Yeah, I, I, I want kind of a bridge in real quick and and just ask, you know, just uh, for since we're right here, you know, in, in the podcast, it, it's hard, man. Uh, you know, if I talk personally about me, I, I grew up in a very, very bad neighborhood um, and I had to have friends that I didn't want to have just because, man, otherwise someone will take my lunch money at school, you know? So the idea is that, you know, obviously going growing away from that and seeing like I'm so proud to have so many good mentors, you know, and, and, and good friends and people that have helped kind of show me the way and say, well, man, you know what? But at the end of the day, you got to pick the fork in the road. You got to make that choice. No one's going to make that choice for you. We'll show you. We'll guide you till here. But you got to climb that rope. And uh, man, it's it, it's hard just as a general thing. It, it's hard to to make those right choices when you don't actually know which one's the right choice. Some of these young kids and some of these um, you know students that are in, that are in schools that aren't necessarily the best, they they have to make some hard choices every day. Facts. And what's so funny is um, where every choice you make, like you don't know the outcome of the other side. So you got to make a choice, believe in it, stick with it and, you know, go hard and try to make the best of whatever choice you make. So for example, right. Um, since we talking about choices, one of the dopest things about video games is RPGs, you know what I'm saying? Role play games where you actually making choices and decisions a lot. There's a lot of games. Like if, if you ever play anybody that's going to listen to this, like if you ever play games like Detroit become human or heavy rain, or, or mm. if you ever played a uh, Fahrenheit, you know, from back in the day, which is, uh, Indigo Prophecy, because I think I forgot which region it was called a different name, but either Indigo Prophecy or Fahrenheit, same thing. Um, if you ever played these uh, games, uh, the beauty in those games is that even though it's a game, you're making decisions based off what you would do if you was really in that situation in real life. And it's and you learn a lot about yourself through certain games you play. So I'll give you an example of what I mean even further. So Final Fantasy VII, right? This is the RPG that brought me into RPGs overall. Like, this is the mega joint. You know what I'm saying? Final Fantasy VII was crazy. So, it is the mega. Yeah, like, so when I'm playing, when I'm playing Final Fantasy VII, right? Uh, it was the first time I was playing a game where I could change my name, you know, in the story. So instead of being Cloud, they used to call me Jackal uh, back in the day before Hip Hop Gamer, because that's when I was just doing gangster rap, and that's just a whole nother world. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the whole nother lifetime for me. So. <laughs> Um, they used to call me Jackal, right? So Cloud's name was Jackal. Um, Barrett, I changed his name to Ramadan, which was my brother's rap name. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, you know, you got Tiffia, Ariel, and I changed their names as well. And, and the thing is, playing that game literally brought me closer to my family because throughout the entire game, my perspective of the game was literally... Like my family go, is going through this alongside me because of the names being there. So I'm looking at the names, I'm reading the text and going through certain things. And it's like, yo, nah, we, I can't let this happen to my brother. Or I can't let this happen to my sister. Oh, nah, nah, we in this together. And you just get this different type of energy. And even though it's a game, the context within it, that particular game had a lot of real life lessons in it. And it just brought me closer to my family, bro. So that's what I'm saying. Like when people talk about games, and they don't really understand the impact because they looking at it without any substance. It's like a mumble rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody that says a whole bunch of words that mean nothing, says a whole bunch of nothing and has no impact on nothing. That's why like, that's why DMX, you know, rest in peace to DMX. That's yeah, why yeah, people that's love him so much because his vulnerabilities, his, his love for God and the way he professed it and all his flaws and all his greatness, everything. It was just real. It was just raw. This is him. And he lived with it and accepted it. And if you liked it, you liked it. You did it. You did it. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter. 
you know what I'm saying? He, he was on a mission and he, he, he had a purpose and he lived that out. And that right there is the beauty of a lot of these video games we play because it has that same context with it and the way you receive things. So that's why when people talk about it, if you don't talk about it from a standpoint of just outside looking in, but you never have the experience, I encourage you to have the experience so you could be able to relate more. Or Yeah, they should, man. I mean, it it's hard to understand when they haven't had it. I I always, look, I, I'm not the type of person, me and my wife, we, we've taught ourselves really, really hard and for a while to be the type of people that we don't like looking at people and judging them. I, I don't like that. I think it's not my place, you know, if anyone can judge us, God. It's not not us. But uh, what I do is I try to accept everyone for what they're bringing into the table uh, in terms of my life, you know, the friendship, whether it's a business. But at the same time, we can't help but 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 just see and and, and say to ourselves, why do why did they do this? Why did they do that? So when I look at very traditional adults that that they, they just I wouldn't say envy, they strongly dislike the idea of sitting down. Um, playing video games all day. And I remember I had a mentor where they told him, what do the kids do all day? Sit down and play video games. And he says, what the hell do we do in our offices all day? Right. We kind of just sit down on a computer. So mm-hmm. when, when you really look at it in perspective, how can you talk about something without giving it the opportunity? They have uh, some of these people and, and many people in the U.S. haven't given something the opportunity that can actually not only be a lot of fun, but be a great way to connect with your kids. Some parents, I mean, when I was in the university as a director, of esports, I've had parents tell me, you know, I just don't want my child. I don't. I don't want to be more disconnected than, than I am with my child already by them having to go to a program where they're just playing games. And I can't help but giggle because I tell them, "What <laughs> have you tried playing one of these games with your with your child?" I guarantee you, if you play a game of Call of Duty with your boy, I guarantee you, not only are you going to have fun, you're going to connect in a different way, a different way that you're not used to, and it's going to be a new experience, man. Well, I mean, it's up to them to give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? And um. One thing that I've spoke like, okay, so one of the things that I did, and I think this was phenomenal. So um, the Board of Education, right, uh, they had this big event. It was really cool. And I brought um, Nintendo Switch there, and we had um, a Smash Brothers uh, um, battle. So you um, you had so many different families there, right? So what I did was I had like, like, a mother and a son go up against a father and a daughter and smash and they battling some now one or two of the families, they play games together here and there. The rest of them didn't at all. And afterwards, and I got video footage of this afterwards, they was like, yo, I had like the relationship alone immediately was impacted. It was almost like, yo, all this time, it was right here in front of me, and I had no clue of the impact it could have once I had this experience. So I got parents battling each other in Smash Brothers, going at it, going head to head. And if you win, you literally win video games. I had games there to give away for the winners. Like, yo, it was crazy. Nice. And then the conversation, they loved the co- Yo, it was crazy. So my thing is, um, uh, nowadays, you start to see more people you know, try to embrace it and stuff. But one of the things I like to tell um, people is that you have to understand where a lot of these parents is coming from as well. And the parents, they're only going to, they're trying to teach you what they was taught growing up, but they grew up in a whole different era. You got to remember like for somebody like me, I was born in 1982. 
So I was born in the era where there was no iPhone. No, we had the internet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was so much that we did not have. Whereas my son, Mm -hmm. who's seven years old, is growing up in the era where he has his own iPhone now. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's a completely different era. So the thing is, that generational (laughs) gap, uh, if you're not willing to have a conversation to meet each other where where y'all at, because uh, a younger kid, it'd be great to have an experiment where a younger kid could see what it's like to have to use a payphone if you didn't have a cell phone. Because, you know, we didn't have that before. (laughs) Let's see. And then they could be like, wow, now I understand why you think the way you think. So I have a better respect and understanding of you as a whole. So when you come from, Mm -hmm. you come from a certain place. Now, if I don't don't understand the place that you're coming from, then I'm going to just kind of like, you know, just brush you off or just, uh, you know, completely ignore what you're saying. And now there's no respect. There's no understanding. There's no communication. There's no relationship. And it's just distance. But now as a parent, if a parent is like, wow, like I didn't even know you can uh, uh, go online and use Discord and come together with this and make it blah, like this is all new to them. So when people get a chance to learn each other from different eras of being raised and you bring that together as one, just to create understanding, now we can move together collectively to make something better for the both of us because now we understand one another because we had that conversation. You know what I mean? And that's what I, that's <laughs> yeah. honestly what I think is missing. A lot of the adults don't want to listen to the kids and a lot of kids don't want to listen to the adults. So you're going to have a constant, um, you're going to have a constant uh, uh, friction. And with that friction, nothing's going to get done. Lessons is not going to get learned. And it's always going to be separation and distance. And for those that do get it and understand, then you, that's why you got people like Booger winning millions of dollars in Fortnite and all this other stuff. Cause certain parents is willing to relate and understand what's going on. And certain kids is willing to, um, you know, be obedient to what's being told so they can earn the right to do what they love. So it's, you know what I mean? These conversations need to happen on a bigger scale so that more people collectively and more families collectively can be a part of it together. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't say just a conversation, just uh, the connection, the the person putting themselves in a position where they say, this isn't my generation. I have to start looking at it in a different way. But yeah, you're, you're right about the Bay phone. It's actually funny because I used the dial phone for the first time in, like five, in five years and I thought it was super cool. <laughs> I think all these old school stuff are cool, man. I am very... Look, this technology stuff, it's moving fast and I like it. But at the same time, there's a lot of information that's available to younger kids. So there's a lot more, you know, instances of depression and instances of like, oh, man, like I don't have a lot of friends on social media. And that's all affecting. That's a story for another day. But going back to the connection of esports, the idea um, I, I had this experience. I was I was younger. I was I was 16. And me and my dad, my brother, my sister, we'd all play Tekken 7. And uh, I was actually quite good at Tekken 7. So um, we were all play a lot. Well, it was a lot of fun. One night I, w- I woke up to go to the bathroom and I, I heard like the Tekken sounds and I kind of peek-, peek over in the living room and it's my mom, man. And I was like, what? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I just thought it was kind of funny. I, I I said nothing. I just went back to my room. But every night, bro, I would I would like, let me see my mom's playing. And I go out and she's playing. So it turned out like, like five, six months later, she randomly gets out of the kitchen after cooking. She goes, yo, listen, um... I'm not going to cook till one of you beats me. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, wait, what? I thought she was joking. I thought it was like a joke. 
but she bro she and she played some mad tekken man and it was so much fun because my mom never played games with us she would get mad at us for playing games all the time and from then on out she we all started playing mario party we started playing naruto dbz and to this day they come to my house when we come visit and i cook and stuff um and they're like hey let's play some soul caliber let's play some mk11 and it's super fun, man. I mean, especially when I connect, you know, sometimes, you know, we do play with the Monopoly and stuff, but it's super cool for them to be able to come into like my world of gaming and me to go back into like their world, whether we're playing chess or whether it's I'm just helping and cook and stuff like that. I think that connection is super important, not just for parents or for students in, a, in an esports program, but for people in the industry right now. There's a lot of people that are getting into the esports game, the industry, and we're going to get into this now with with you, man, because I want to hear your thoughts about these people that have no idea about esports. They're just getting into the game because they got some money. Oh, yo, I've been talking about that. See, like one of the things is, um, you know, when I when I look at it, one of the things about gaming uh, and my name is Hip Hop Gamer. It's the same thing in hip hop. Like, you know, so you got a lot of people that you know, like genuinely love, like, I mean, blood, sweat, and tears, love hip hop. And then you have certain people that got a lot of money that see like, hey, you know, hip hop isn't just a fad. Like hip hop isn't just something that's just here today, gone tomorrow. Hip hop is actually number one. I need to find a way to get money out of here. So I I just don't want to see gaming get to the point where you can just buy your way in and there's no authenticity no more. There's no standards anymore. And it just becomes like the wild, wild west in the world of uh, esports and whoever could get the most out of it, that's it. Like, that's literally um, what a lot of companies is trying to do. Now, what I love about the gaming industry and the gaming culture is like, I'll give you an example, right? When um, when DJ Khaled came out uh, to perform for the Overwatch League and got booed, like, it was a testament to, it was a wake-up call to a lot of these companies where they was like, yo, like, I clearly see what y'all doing. Like, you're just trying to buy your way into the culture of gaming because you got this celebrity here, but this celebrity don't know nothing or care about what we do, so we not rocking with it, so we gonna boo him. Now, we like, we love Cali, he got great music, but in this particular space, we already know this is a money grab, so get out of here. You know what I'm saying? And that right there forces the people with money to realize that that money isn't the only thing we can't just use money to try to win here. Like we actually got to do some research. We actually got to bring people on board that know what they're doing. We actually have to go about this the right way. Yeah. We actually got to go about this the right way. And one of the reasons why is because you still got to respect the dollar in the industry. Like, like you, we still spending $60 or $70 on video games and you got to buy the PC, you got to buy the headset, you got to buy the console. Like you, there's so much investment from a consumer's end that they're not going to allow just any old body to try to benefit. Like, you know what I'm saying? We got to have something here where, you know, there's still some credibility attached to it. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that's going <clears> to <throat> still try. And there's some things that's going to seep through the cracks. I get it. But for the most part, um, I love how the industry industry and just consumers as a whole, because of the investment, is going to uh, do their best to keep people honest and, you know, boo when it's time to boo, cheer when it's time to cheer, and teach when it's time to teach. Like, you know what I'm saying? So we could get the right things and the right people in the positions of power so that we could continue going forward the right way and grow the business. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is the people with a lot of money that's trying to do certain things, um, 
what's the name said it best. So when Google Stadia was doing their um showcase uh the like the very first time, um yeah, I know, right? But when they was doing their showcase the first time, um I forgot the gentleman's name uh that runs Google, but uh he came out on stage and said, "Hey, look, I'm not a gamer. I don't know a lot about this space, but I know this space is important." And I want to make sure that we are a part of this space and we are part of it correctly. So I'm about to step away, but I have someone that have a lot of experience in the gaming uh, sector, and he's going to be the one to speak to you and lead this charge. I love that. When he did that, and he brought out Phil Harrison. Now, even though Phil Harrison has been synonymous with a lot of things that haven't been as successful, uh, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. The fact is... You know, Phil Harrison has been around for a long time. And if anybody's going to lead the charge, I would rather it be him than somebody that just has no clue at all. So I appreciated the transparency in the way Google approached that situation. And I feel like if more people did that, we would get better results across the board. We'll get more fairness across the board and we'll get more impact and growth across the board so that everybody can see the movement going in the right direction in an authentic manner instead of so much trial and error by just spending money without no uh, uh, substance. Yeah, it's dropping money in in a pit and uh, shaking it, right? Shaking it, going in and taking out a piece of paper like the hat. Um, I think that approaching it with a clear goal is healthy. Whether the goal works or not, I think is irrelevant. I think if the approach is healthy, other people are going to learn from that. You know, your peers, Absolutely. people next to you, um, a lot of businesses and organizations. I, When I speak for myself, I talk a lot of, when I say organizations, I'm really talking about higher ed institutions that I've consulted for. Okay. That they tend to not have a clear goal in mind. And there's a problem with that, that you can't approach. Um, and this actually, <clears throat> if we if we look at the side of a goal, right. And, and we think, Oh, okay. How about a person? A person may not have goals. You might have like milestones and just some really, really big goals, but let's say you want to improve on something, one aspect of skill, one aspect of something in your life, you grab that something and you make an arbitrary day, let's say a year from now. And you tell yourself, okay, one year from now, twice as good. It doesn't matter what that is. Your, your unconscious mind is going to understand that. And then one year from now, and again, and this is if you're really committed, right? This is if you're right. actually doing it, right? Because you can lie to the mirror, but you're not going to lie to yourself. And one year from now, even if you don't reach your whole goal of twice as good, you're going to be a heck of a lot better, so much better at that one aspect in your life, that one aspect of skill. And when it comes to a business, you're going to be so much better at that one aspect of your business. And that's for people who really want to meet their goals and who really want something that's healthy. Other than that, I can say that some people got, they got lucky and they saw some success, but I actually think that's, that's not as good as you might think, because it's like, I I refer to it to stocks. If you go big and you win big in stocks the first time you think you're hot stuff and you think, you know, everything, and you're just going to keep going in. And that's like a very easy way to just lose your capital. Uh, Oh, you said it. You said it. That's a very easy way. So um, to me, I just think that, you know, you should find the right team have the right discipline, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to get everything right the first time I get it, you know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you right now, the just the business of gaming as a whole, man, it's, it's growing like crazy. So anybody that gets involved, take your time. Because the, I forgot what article it was, but gaming has survived recessions. Gaming survived the pandemic. Gaming survived like, all, look, man, g- gaming is different, bro. It hit different. Mm-hmm. So in anybody that's 
anybody that's with any kind of IQ that's paying attention to what's going on right now, if you're going to get in, get in right so you can stay in. You know what I mean? And that, that's all I got to say. Because even with the esports side of things, esports is a part of gaming. It's not the whole spectrum of gaming. Of course. So learn about gaming as a whole, not just esports is cool, so let's do that. Because honestly, you're not going to... You're not going to have esports without gaming culture, like period. Mm-hmm. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So you, anytime you go to the root of the situation and you really learn about what the truth is, then you'll have such a wealth of knowledge that when you make certain investments and you make certain decisions based off your wealth of knowledge and actual experience and practice, you will always put yourself in a higher chance in a higher percentage bracket of finding success in every, every year of the gaming industry. So yeah, that's, that's what's missing. A lot of people, they just want the results, but don't want to do the work because they feel like since they got the money, you know, the money will be, the money is the answer, (laughs) you know, the money will figure it out. Nah, bro, you gotta, you gotta do your due diligence and get the right team involved. And then from there, you can make things happen. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm with that a hundred percent. Yeah, I like that you say gaming because I think this is really what we should tell people when they say, oh, we want to build an esports program. Okay, what do you know about gaming? Oh, no, I mean, you know, esports and it's competitive <laughs> and the kids love it. And it, these yo, are the- yo, yo <laughs> yes, bro, every, yo, <laughs> son, it's almost as if you read off of a pamphlet or something like that, son. It's the same exact thing. Oh, the kids love it. And what's so funny is they don't even know the stats of the industry. So when people say the kids love it, okay, what's the average consumer? of video games like the average age of a consumer of video games because it's not the kids like it's people that's my age you know saying like 36 37 38 like that's the medium of age of age of um the average gamer why because it started with us like like we the ones who went through the Coleco Visions, the TurboGrafx 16s, the Sega Master Systems, the Commodore 64s mm-hmm. we went through all of that yeah. and because we went through all of that we grew up at the same time as the industry itself was growing up. So now- We saw it, we saw it. Yeah, we saw it, we lived it. So now that we got money, we're gonna spend more in what we grew up because we couldn't afford it back then. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, when I was younger, (laughs) when I was younger, I couldn't get every Genesis game. I couldn't get every Super Nintendo game. You know how many games I didn't get a chance to play and, and, and finish and stuff like that when I was a kid? There was so many games. You know what I mean? But now that we older and we can afford to get whatever we want and do all this other stuff, oh, please, I'm playing all types of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, come <laughs> on, B. You, you got it's more, it's more exciting now because one, you know, being a content creator, being a leader, you know, in the gaming industry, in, in the whole space, and just playing all these games, talking to people to see how everything changed. Come on, man. Like, this is, yo, this this is incredible to me, man. So, yeah. when no, they talk, the craziest when, thing about it. You're not good, bro. I'm sorry. I get passionate about this, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the craziest things about it, just to come in there, is that they so they have these ideas, right? And you know, oh yeah, yeah. The kids love it. And this is like a really bad impersonation of someone that's in higher ed because they 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 probably speak wor- much worse than this. I'm being nice right now. And and then I go, okay, <laughs> fine. So so what well, what's your plan? They go, oh yeah, we're gonna get a 12 PCs and we're gonna okay why why are you gonna get 12 PCs oh uh, you know because uh, we think it's a good no so they have no geographic data they have no analysis at all they're just kind of pl- plotting things in and on top of that they want to build this stuff on like a 1,000 square foot uh, room and let's face it that's a joke so yeah and then on top of that they have no intention 
to extend the education to the parents. And then I'm like, what? So then you just want to face palm on a desk, not even on your hand. You just want to like, bam, like smash your hand on a desk because you're so confused as to why they want to do this um, with all these professionals. And not, no, here's the, here's the best part. So all of this, right? It, it sounds pretty on, on, on the, their paper. They're like two page brochure. Right. And then they want to hire someone, a director to build this up and create engagement and student and blah, blah, blah. And sponsors at 35 grand a year. No, uh, no, that's not even, so that's then, a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's and, not an entry level job, thing. dude. Yo, and bro, and, and th- that's another thing too. Like people want so much, but want to give so little and then talk about why it ain't such and such. Like, I'm like, yo, it's, yo, it's laughable, bro. It's laughable because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, so if you think about back in the day when Nintendo first came out, when the NES first came out, right? It was marketed and it was considered more of a toy as opposed to a video game system. We know what it is, we know what it was, but it was more like a toy in terms of it's only for kids. And the stigma was if adults are playing this or whatever, whatever, then, you know, you need to grow up. All this other stuff. That was always the stigma back in the Mm -hmm. day growing up and everything like that. You're too old to be playing with these games or you're never going to be nothing playing, sitting at home playing games all day, blah, blah, blah. And now everybody that's anybody with all this money, that's all this other stuff, like, yo, so we got to get in the games and all the games. Everybody got a show. Everybody got this. Everybody got that. So why did I say that? Why did I bring this up? Because most of these companies don't care at all. But if they could get something out of it, They'll do whatever they can to get something out of it without even caring about whatever results get revealed or if it or is this actually helping people or not? Like the way they're going about it, like they could care less. And that's the part that's that's sad because it's one of those situations like that um, uh, Damon Dash talks about with the whole culture vulture uh, mentality. It's like you just want to take as much as you can, give as little as you can. And whatever happens in the meantime happens and you have no care as long as you get a piece of the pie. And that that's what I don't want to see happen uh, in the game industry with people that got enough money to just continuously buy their way into trying to do something. It's kind of like if you look at Xbox and PlayStation, right? I'll bring up this example. Mm-hmm. When Tomb Raider came out, Xbox didn't have a game to go head to head against Uncharted. So they brought the rights to Tomb Raider for a year. So my thing is, the problem I have with that is that you would spend money to get something for a temporary a temporary time instead of investing more money for something that could be yours within your studio to actually work hard and compete. Yeah. And I see the same thing with esports and gaming when I see certain companies trying to get in for the wrong reasons. Man, it look, it's not wrong that they're trying to get in that's not what i'm pissed at what i get really annoyed and bothered by is that they're actually ruining the experiences of young professionals because they're phonies right and so the and i'm gonna go out and say they're phonies these schools that are creating these programs hiring these kids i have no idea what development is i have no experience at all they just picked up their bachelors and they're gonna be like hey john come here we'll, we'll teach you the ropes teach you the ropes you're not gonna teach them nothing it takes years to learn that can't learn that like like first year that you're in there. I remember I went to a school. I'm not gonna mention the name just because you know. Um, gotcha. I went to a school and they had a program and it was three years running. 
and they had nothing to show for it. In fact, they were in a little tiny room that was like pretty much on the basement. Bro, listen, the first thing I thought about when I came in that room, I was like, dude, if I was a girl, I'd feel so like claustrophobic. I wouldn't feel safe. There's no secondary exit door. Like there's a uh, man look like it's not inclusive at all. It looks it looks l- l- like a like a like a man cave. Yeah, That's what it looks yeah. like. So the way I thought about it, I said, man, they're ruining the collegiate experience of esports for students that are super excited for it because they're not working their ass off. That's what pisses me off. And some companies are actually doing the same thing, just like at a bigger scope, which is even worse. Man, it's man, just makes me angry, man. Yeah, man, it's um, I I know what you mean, man. I understand the frustration. So because of that. You know, I'm one of those type of dudes where, you know, I don't complain, I I create. And I look, I observe, I see what's good, I see what's not so good, and I build around what I feel is right and move in that direction. So for me personally, um, that's why uh, I'm not just someone that's a talent. You know, there's so many different areas to what makes hip-hop gamer hip-hop gamer and what makes me stand out. So I just focus on the things that I can control be authentic about it, and every impact that I make creates inspiration for the next one up. And that's how I move in what I do. So just like how you were speaking on um, certain companies and this and that, this and that, uh, I just think that um, account, account, a best way to create accountability is to get, uh, there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing and I would see, I'm the kind of person that will get them on the show and then have a real conversation with them and see what their personality is like. And if their personality is that of someone that's willing to be humility, that's willing to have humility and that's willing to be vulnerable for the sake of growing in the area that they're trying to get in, oh, I'm gonna help you as much as I can because you're someone- I think you've inspired me, man. But yeah, that, that that's what it is, bro. And I appreciate you saying that, but that's what it is, bro. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people and whether they're on LinkedIn or you watching some videos here that's going about it the wrong way. And I'm like, yo, I would love to have you as a guest on the show so we can speak about these things. And certain companies, certain oh, companies. They don't, wanna, they don't want to. Yeah, exactly. So certain people that do want to, I would love to have them on. Certain people that don't want to because their purpose is to manipulate and get whatever they can because they don't really yeah, care. Yeah, you, you already know what's up. You already know what's yeah, up. Yeah, you, you already know what's up. Now, I'm the kind of person where if I see something that ain't right or I hear something that ain't right or whatever, whatever, then I call it out. See, the difference between me and, like, a lot of people is, um, like, you know, one, I'm independent. I've always been independent. So, like, you know, I I say what I want and I do what I want, but the thing is I'm not reckless and everything that I do is motivated by positivity to try to make a course, positive impact. So when I work with certain companies or whatever it is, they love when I say what I want. They love when I do what I want because my motives and, and, and my passion and everything is based on something better, based on something greater, and, and, and it's based off helping and making an impact and trying to do things right. So I said that to say this. Anybody out there that's also going to listen to this too. If there's certain things that you don't know, it's fine. You don't know. Like I know a lot, but I don't know everything. Nobody's perfect. But when you feel like money protects you from being ignorant, 
just because you got money? Nah, mm. it doesn't work here. And that's pretty mm. much what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. When I said that uh, you 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 inspired me, man, is that you've inspired me to start a YouTube channel where I just go through all the data and all the research of each school with an esports program coming up with an esports program, esports initiatives, esports projects, youth development, empowerment, digital platforms, online recruitment platforms for universities, high schools, and I'm gonna break it down and I'm gonna give people the breakdown. And I think people need to have this information where they can go to YouTube and look up uh, this school, this school in Missouri, or this school, this school in Boston, or this school, this school in New York, and see what's really going on uh, behind closed doors, everything from endowments, capital. And uh, it's going to piss a lot of people off, but I think it needs to be said, man. Go not do it. Like, like if, if that's what's in your heart and you want to do that, go do it. Because what may piss somebody else off may educate somebody else. And what may piss... And here's what I tell people all the time, man. If, if you walk into a room and you walk into the room with the truth, anybody that's bothered by you walking in a room, that, that's a problem. Because if the truth walks in a room, the only people that's going to get mad at the truth is people that are advocating for a lie. So if you're advocating yeah. for a lie, you don't belong in this room. I don't care how much money you got. So my thing is, if... If you're putting something out there and you know that this is true and you can prove it and it is what it is, then you do so. Because there's going to be a lot of people that love you for it. There may be a lot of people that hate you for it. But if you are speaking the truth, it don't matter what anybody else say. Because at the end of the day, if you're speaking the truth, the truth is what's right. And as long as you do what's right, things will work in your favor when it really matters. The truth can stand alone on its own. but. Uh, a lie absolutely hates to be challenged and i actually uh yeah this is a quote that i read a couple months back and it stuck with me because i say like yeah if you're just honest you say your piece and you know people get mad okay that's fine i like i know my piece is held back by facts or or i I truly believe in it and you know what and some people listening to they, they might think this this youtube thing is just somewhere to piss people off no it's not about that look listen working from higher ed and having awesome mentors in higher ed in many different schools, because uh, I don't pick sides here. I just go with, uh, like you're saying, with the truth, I go with what, what, what feels the truth of the heart and what, you know, fuels me to come home and be a good husband, you know, cook that good food and, and have a good family because you know what? A clean house is a clean mind. And if I leave home from a healthy environment, I'm going to breed that healthy environment wherever I go, whether it's for my students in a program, whether it's in my consultations and you know what? And if people don't like receiving that type of positivity, that's on them, not on us. But uh, I want to go back to what I was saying and say that the idea here is that a lot of things in businesses and higher education are not transparent. Here's the problem when you're not being transparent with your students. Your students are going to get confused about, well, standard things like tuition, their scholarship, what, what, what they can get. So if you think you're going to scare off a student because they need to take out a loan or because your school might be too expensive, you're wrong. Trust me, if a student is really hyped and motivated about the truth, the tr- notice I'm using the word truth here. Yep. It's a very heavy word, so everyone pay attention. If they're motivated about that truth, bro, a loan for them is just an investment in that education. It's just an investment in to be a part of that story that you're building, to be a part of that community within your program. If you come out honest with them, you don't need to sugarcoat anything in the future. They stand with you and they'll support you and they'll help you build the program. This is what a lot of administrators don't understand is that 
because you know higher ed is mainly about recruitment numbers in the early stages. And we we mm. we have yep. to understand this yep. from a business right. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, but at the same time, I think it's a, we owe it to the students in COVID to really to start giving a damn. You know, part of my French, but we need to start genuinely caring for the parents and the students coming in and spending this money or taking out these loans. Yeah, no, I agree. And the I agree rules. wholeheartedly. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Because if they're going to come into the you know gaming world, there's so much within the gaming space that can be done. You know what I'm saying? So if if they don't want to be a game player anymore professionally, they just want to play more casually, but do something else professionally within mm-hmm. the gaming space, there needs to be an option for that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Of if course. if you want to um uh you know in the world of esports, if you want to be um a coach or a videographer, a photographer, a writer, or like you know whatever it is that you want to do in the space. Um, there needs to be a, a pipeline for it, you know what I'm saying? Because we know that it exists and there's uh, tons of evidence of people that are successful in the space doing it now, you know what I'm saying? So, and it's only going to grow. It's only going to get better. So literally jump in now, you know, start your own YouTube channel, get yourself out there, like let the world see you so people can pick you, you know what I mean? For certain things, like, like let's go, like, you know? So I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I what, what I think... Um, uh, you know, just dating back to, you know, like just how parents may think or whatever, whatever. Growing up, their thought of video games was just this little kitty pastime. So a lot of that thought, they it still exists now. They don't understand the change of what that same term meant back in the 80s versus what that term means in 2021 in terms of being a gamer. Mm-hmm. how realistic it is. And I guess, because uh, like, even if you look at a lot of stories, whether it's players from the NBA 2K League that share their story or players from, you know, Overwatch or whatever, whatever, when they have those parent conversations and things like that, uh, like, for example, my man Golden Boy, who's on G4 now, like, he was talking about how, like, you know, when his, I think his mom, when his mom see him on NBC, uh, doing the um, announcements for The Rock, that's when she knew that, oh, wait a minute. Like, how did he achieve all this through video game? Like, this is, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. sometimes once these things happen, it's like, wait a minute. Like, it's really not what I thought it was because their perception of this, their perception of this was back in the 80s, in the 1980s frame of thinking of it. It's clouded by, you, by that You know tradition. what I'm saying? It's clouded by that, uh, that by that narrative from back in the day. Now, in 2021, everything has changed. Problem is, a lot of people don't change with the times, and they get lost, and they just stuck in their ways. But the fact is, you can be stuck in your ways, and you can believe what you want to believe. That's fine. But at the end of the day, in this particular situation, you will be left behind. Because, like, and you got to think about it. From everything that we do, like, look at how we're doing content right now in the COVID era, like this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what if COVID happened in 1980-something? You know what I mean? It'd be rough. Like, like you know what I'm saying? It'd be rough, yo. Oh, man. So, the yeah, so the point I'm trying to say is uh, because of the era that we're in, I think people need to, um, there's no excuses anymore, pretty much. If you want to go do something, go do it. If you want to be stubborn, fine. At the end of the day, you got to have the courage 
to continue moving forward with what you want to do because you only got one life to live. And if you live it in fear, mm-hmm. then you're just existing. You're not living. Oh, no. You're right. You got to, and you got to, hey, man, you said yourself, you got to practice what you preach. All these people out there, look, listen, everyone can spit a good game. You know that you're a rapper. But at the same time, you know, they, they got to deliver. You need to get results. You need to execute. But I want to go ahead and ask you a couple more questions. And actually, one of these last ones is, uh, and I'm thinking about it because I usually just ask people what the future of what they're doing is going to be, but you're doing a whole lot of stuff. And I want to ask to you, what do you see coming up as something that you're, well, I mean, I know you can't talk about it, but what do you feel is something that you're going to do or you're going to be, you're going to become, or, or you're going to continue doing that's going to continue to impact uh, society? And when I'm, ta- and I'm talking about youth, I'm talking about mid-youth, I'm talking about teens, adolescents, the, those people with babies. Uh, how do you think what you're going to do is going to affect the future in a positive way? Got you, man. So one thing is I'm going to continue to share my story. Because I've noticed that sharing my story on so many different platforms has, in fact, helped a lot of people. And that right there means a lot to me. And I'm just thankful for my grandma. I'm thankful for God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm just thankful that uh, my life itself has been impactful and helpful to others. So that's, I'm going to continue to do that. That's one. Two, um, I'm a big fan of uh, this show called Teen Summit. It used to be around back in the day on BET. So um, there's there's some things that I'm doing within my gaming and guidance program that I think will be very, very powerful and very, very effective um, going forward uh, in relation to how Teen Summit was and how impactful that was back in the day uh, uh, for a lot of kids, especially kids in the hood where I come from, right? Then mm-hmm. the third thing I would say is... Uh, I'm always looking for what hasn't been done yet. And I'm always looking to be the first to do certain things. So I can't speak on this one right now, but um, tying, tying back to that article that I made about the top gaming journalists and everything like that, um, I have something in the works that's gonna solidify that statement and change change the outlook on what people think a gamer is and looks like. So, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? People really need that. I think there should be a book. Someone should make it, and it should be called, What is a Gamer? <laughs> and I think that they should make a book. Because, uh, I mean, there's so much uh, lack of information out there. Most of the books that I've read have just been stories. I've been working on my own book, Esports in Higher Education, and it's, it's, it's a breakdown. It's got data, and it's, it's more academic. But I feel like there isn't a book that's really breaking things down. It's just all stories. I know stories are good, but I want a, a little bit more oomph. But man, at the same time, is I want to give you the opportunity to actually, and I've never done this, but I feel like this needs to be done. I want to give you an opportunity to speak to the audience directly and tell them something that you perhaps uh, feel like they need to hear. Oh, wow. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. So one thing that I think the audience uh, should hear, and it relates to my slogan, um, character is your currency. Um I really want y'all to understand that in this world of social media and trying to get numbers and followers and all this other stuff, yo, you can lose your joy. You can lose your happiness trying to achieve and impress and live the way society tells you to do this. Like you, you, you just be a walking stress bubble. Like, you know what I'm saying? Trying to make it. Um, by my influence, I would hope 
I have on someone is when I say character is your currency, I want you to focus on continuing to develop who you are as a person and take that and apply it to your craft. So when you do what you love to do and what you're passionate about on a daily basis, the impact can come from who you are instead of trying to fulfill a checklist that you think the world needs to be aware of. Word. Um, Solid. The second thing I would say is own your own success. I did an interview with Lenny James, um, the gentleman that played Morgan on The Fear of the Walking Dead, the Walking Dead TV shows. Shout out to Lenny James. And Lenny said that, uh, you know, success is something that he interprets for himself. And what that does is he's able to protect his passion and he's able to protect what success actually looks like for him so that he can continue to be great and continue to grow and continue to impact without, without all the noise. Um, I think this is very important because so many people, they trying to figure it out, right? They trying to be the best they can be not realizing that they already got all the tools that they need to be the best that they already are. Um, the world I'm trying to make you think that you need this car, you need this particular jewelry piece, you need this particular house, you need this particular thing to be considered great in the eyes of the society that we live in. I'm going to tell you like this. Since day one, when I officially came into the industry, I, when I went to E3, that whole experience taught me something. And what it taught me was that regardless of what other people think of me, I know I'm the best. And not meaning I'm the best because I'm better than this person and this person and this person. Nah, I knew I was the best because I accepted myself for who I was and what I love to do. And I decided not to stop doing it. And ever since I made that choice, it's 2021. That was 2008. It's 2021 now. And I can sit up here and say that I do things in a way where I'm happy first and I'm able to spread that out and give that same energy to other people. And that is the beauty and the realest thing I could say because it all stems from my relationship with my grandma who taught me how to play games in the first place. So when you love it and you're passionate about it, the only thing you want to do is get that same energy that was that you was blessed with, you want to give that to everybody else that consumes your content, that get a chance to get a part of your story. That's it, man. Steve, uh, I'll share with you something my uncle told me before he left to Argentina. And he told me just three things. I was really young. And he said, man, you make sure you find it. You find something that you're good at, something that makes you happy, something that gives you money. You get those three, you're going to be good. But, hey, man, I want to thank you, everyone. This is Hip Hop Gamer. Yeah. You can find them across all social media channels. That's Hip Hop Gamer, man. Give them a shout-out, Hip Hop. Yo, you already know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Jerry, God bless. I appreciate you. It's the one and only Hip Hop Gamer, Logitech G, on your hot 9-7 every day. That's my word. Let's get it popping, man. We out of here. Yeah, we out of here.